not happened for an age. What's that? Tis a gathering. Hello and welcome to Entmoot, the Battle Games and Middle-Earth podcast all about the Middle-Earth strategy battle game from Games Workshop. I'm Harry and this is episode 60 of Entmoot and I was desperate to get this one out because A, it's it's been a really fun tournament this one um, and also have some special exciting news which I'll reveal in a minute because... There's rumours abound about new things on the horizon. So I wanted to get this podcast out before all that news is confirmed uh, so that my predictions are, are proven correct or wrong. Uh, but we'll see. We'll, we'll delve into that throughout the rest of the podcast because it's a good one. But uh, apologies uh, in advance for the quality of, of my voice in this podcast. I've, uh, I've got some sort of... Uh, lurgy. Um, not sure what kind of lurgy, but it's lurgy nonetheless. So uh, I wanted to get this one recorded. Um, the interviews are all done in the can, um, so that, that my voice should be recovered there. But uh, for, for the sort of connecting bits, it might be a little bit lurgified. Um, anyway, uh, so a very exciting podcast on the way, because uh, this is, is probably the most whimsy-filled uh, podcast and tournament um, that I've been to in a long time. Um, uh, sort of long-running uh, uh, tournament goers uh, in the community will know about Seven Stones. Um, I've had a couple of podcasts from Seven Stones before. Uh, doubles tournament run by uh, Damien and Tom of SBG Magazine fame. Uh, I think I said SBG, yeah, yeah, not rather than SGB. Um, and it's fantastic. It's all about theme. It's all about uh, you know, sort of delving deep and dark into um, into the sort of lore and the the the, the theme of the uh, the game and making sure your armies are thematic as opposed to. Um, sort of filthy and and I love that tournament it's got such a great vibe um, and it's great fun this tournament is different but I feel like it's got a similar kind of vibe or at least that's what I'm I, I sort of I think it definitely has the potential for that um, to be a lovely one day tournament that um, will pull in people from across the uh, across the country if if indeed it grows because it's a nice little local tournament at the moment so uh, this is uh, this is called the whimsical one dare uh, this is the tournament we're talking about uh, on today's podcast and it's a good one it's only a one day as i say 500 points and there's loads of fun uh, little special rules um for the tournament that we're talking about so uh, i mean it's run by tim elwis who um who's been on the podcast a few times he ran the um the the slow grow league uh, here in Lincoln he's has uh, been on the podcast quite a few times because he's one of my sort of regular go to um, to players for uh, practice games and things like that um, and we started playing some of the scenarios together when we had time um, and he's he decided he wanted to run a, a, a eighty point so GBHL eighty uh, league um, scoring event uh, with a five hundred point uh, points limit. And he wanted to have a few of ex- a few sort of extra goodies in there, so um, it's quite fun. There's some good little, um, sort of, I wouldn't say they're not restrictions, but they're encouragements. So in the um, pack, the rules pack, there's a, a line that says Faramir. If you're feeling extra enthused and wish to bring Faramir in your force, there will be a prize for the best performing Faramir, as detailed below, um, which <coughs> which is. A really cool idea. I, I love that. And there's also um, prizes for your best hat. Uh, people are encouraged to wear hats, um, which 
I love the idea of that. It's it's just ridiculous. Um, so it's called the fanciful prize. All players who wear some kind of hat will be entered into a draw for a prize pulled out of a Gandalf's wizard hat, um, which which is great. I mean, it's called a whimsical one day, and already there is whimsy aplenty in this, and I love that. So it's great, uh, and also um, it says. Uh, there's sort of chari- it's a charitable tournament so um, any money that's left over at the end of the prizes and all that sort of stuff um, will be donated to charity so I, I think it's a really lovely idea um, and it's 500 points so uh, it should be a great fun tournament and of course the fact that you're being encouraged to bring Faramir to the tournament well that means that I've got to take a Faramir to the tournament so let's build an army oh, so yes building an army for mordor although it's not at all for mordor but it does have a cool theme i'm uh, i decided i wanted to do faramir um because prizes for the best faramir that's what i'm after really uh, i'm not likely to win all of my games but i thought if i can at least have the best performing faramir i can count this as a win so i decided i'm going to start with faramir he could be my leader um which is probably a mistake actually i should probably not have him as my leader but anyway uh he's going to be my leader um and he has all the kits a lance and all that sort of stuff and not the bow um so he's starting there uh, and i'm not going to go into lean into the gondor uh, because I've done Gondor a bit, and Faramir's not a very good leader of Gondor, so I thought, well, what what else can I do? I know, I'll have a nice theme. And I was trying to think of a nice theme, and, you know, I thought about Denethor and Boromir and, and all those sorts of things, and that's nice. I did think about Range of Athelion, but I, I think it's just, at 500 points, Range of Athelion is it's just too... It's brutal against some people. I, I think it's a bit of a cheesy list that, that I'm not convinced um, you should... You should uh, use anymore I, I, I don't know it's fine if you want to win a super competitive tournament but for something like this no um, so uh, I, I was trying to think of other themes so what, what's Faramir, Faramir doing what, what, you know, and how does he end in the story and what all happens and I thought well Faramir gets gets off with Eowyn doesn't he he marries Eowyn and uh, you know they, they, they get married and they live in the forest of Athelion or whatever it is as he's the sort of prince of Athelion and, and I like all that so I thought, right, okay, well, let's lean into this theme. Um, I've, I know I've played Nathan Tolbert a few times. Uh, Nathan um, has used Faramir and Eowyn uh, to great success, actually. So my theme, though, is not going to be sort of Gondor and um, and Rohan, as Faramir and Eowyn you would expect, but the happy married couple on their honeymoon. So I've decided Faramir, all kit, but not the bow. Um, Eowyn, no kit at all, so not horse, not anything. Um, so, you know, quite low points uh, for both of them. So for 110 for Faramir and 40 for Eowyn. And where would they go on honeymoon? Well, they'd go and see their old friends, wouldn't they? So they're going to go and visit Sam and the, uh, the other hobbits. So, um, of course, Frodo at this point has has gone uh, he's gone to the uh, the gone traveled to the gray havens and gone beyond uh, so that means that sam has his his wife as well rosie cotton so we've got um faramir Eowyn, sam rosie cotton and uh, we're going to have to have merry and pippin in there as well so so that's what we've got i've got sam on pony um he's leading 11 sheriffs and rosie cotton's in the warband too uh, merry is in there with his pony and his shield um he's got battling brandy books in his warband 13 of them 
uh, Pippin's on a pony as well, and he's got 12 Hobbit archers. So, you know, it starts, you start thinking, okay, this is weird, Eowyn and Faramir one drops, and then the rest of it, it's just a lot of Hobbits. And I like the theme, I love the idea that Rosie's there, Sam's there, you know, because uh, actually Rosie does improve Sam quite considerably. She gives him an extra attack for 15 points if they're within... Uh, four or six inches, I think it's six inches, uh, and he gets free heroic combats if he if she's there, and only if she is in combat does does that kind of restrict where his heroic combats go. So, um, he, she's pretty cool for fifteen points, and I got to paint her. Um, see my Instagram, uh, Battle Games of Middle Earth Instagram for a look at uh, Rosie Cotton. I think I did a decent job of her and Erwin actually for this army. Uh, it did allow me to paint these two lovely models, um, including Erwin in the uh, sort of dress. Uh, I painted her in the style, a yellow kind of dress, because I had a look through screenshots and obviously I think that model is designed to be the moment... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm going off on a tangent, but anyway, like, roll with it. Um, Erwin, the model where she's not wear, uh, wearing any armour or anything, is designed, I think, to be that scene in... Um, uh, the Hall of Mediseld in, in Rohan where she's kind of practicing with the sword and um, Aragorn comes along um, or it might even be um, her fighting in the glittering caves which are scenes that have been cut out of the uh, end movie but anyway um, I, I decided to just turn that dress into um, into the, the dress that she wears at the uh, Ar- sorry uh, yeah Arwen and uh, Arag not the wedding but the, the um, crowning um, the coronation ceremony and yeah, she's wearing this kind of pale yellow dress so I thought oh, I'll, I'll paint Eowyn up to look a bit like that so that she looks a little bit like she's wearing her best kit because she's arrived in the Shire for the honeymoon so that's the idea um, anyway uh, so I thought well this is quite fun uh, so I've got my Eowyn I've got my Rosie um, I've got a load of hobbits and I've got 12 bows that's pretty good hobbit bows obviously so they're slightly shorter but still there's something about this army that I think I think this is really good, you know? Like, um, there's 42 models in it, most of which throw stones. Um, there's 12 bows. Um, and the, the, all of my heroes strike. Yes, granted, most of them are quite low fight values. But, you know, with, with sheriffs and Bratlin Brandy books, they can get up to strength four. The sheriffs can go two-handed. Um, you get someone like Faramir or Eowyn in there striking you've got a good chance of taking something down if you surround it, and you've got enough dudes to, you know, just wade into uh, into combat. So I like this army. I actually think it could be quite good. Um, obviously, the big downside is if there's a Maelstrom battle, um, then I, uh, I, I, Faramir and Eowyn are in serious trouble, so I'm going to have to spend a lot of might. But I do have a lot of might in the army. I've got six off the uh, Hobbits, two each. Uh, Eowyn's got two, and Faramir's got three. So, uh, you know, and I've got a lance Faramir could do well. So um, I think this is the sort of army that Faramir might do okay in because um, you've got enough bodies to just kind of, you know, wall off a hero. Say there's, say I'm coming up against, I mean, it's 500 points, so there's probably not going to be massive heroes to fight against, but say I'm coming up against an Aragorn or something like that. You just send a load of hobbits towards Aragorn, a wave after wave of hobbits, while Faramir does the work uh, chopping through... Minister of Warriors or or uh, Army of the Dead or whatever it is that Aragorn's accompany, and and you know Faramir is no slouch. He can turn. He's got a lance. He can actually kill high defense models quite quite successfully. What he can't do is is sort of kill loads of things at once or take a big hero on um, very easily without sort of you know squiffing himself. So 
I, I like this. I think it's fun. We've got a fight five Eowyn as well. Um, and, you know, that that's not bad. Again, I just think there's something fun about this theme as well. Um, so I'm really looking forward to testing it out on the tables. Now, it's time for... Riddles in the Dark. Okay, so um, we're going to do... I think we probably are going to redo, uh, do another riddle, because um, next week will be um, Ardicon. And Ardicon, I try and do a couple of podcasts for Ardicon, because I like to um, squeeze as many Ard- uh, things in as possible, and I tr- like to try and uh, get a couple of podcasts out related to Ardicon, related to the doubles and related to the um, the main event, if possible. So that's what I'm going to try and do again. Um, it might only be two this time rather than three, but... That means that I'm not going to be able to do Riddles in the Dark for a couple of episodes. So we're going to reset the Riddles in the Dark. We're going to get the answer um, to the, uh, the, the the question that I pose every week or every episode. Uh, basically, you have to tell me who speaks next and what do they say after this clip. Exactly, yeah. Um, Okay, so that's the clip. Um, You need to work out who speaks next and what they say. Now, there are also lots of emails in the inbox. Uh, Not lots, actually, just a few. But the first thing I want to talk about, because this is also the chance to just answer questions and all that sort of stuff, and I've heard some rumours, and they're pretty reliable rumours. I won't say who they're from because I don't want to get anyone in trouble, but suffice to say, someone in Games Workshop has revealed some exciting rumours to me and I mean this is this is not I mean it's not guaranteed to be what's going to be announced in this big Middle Earth um, rumour fest that they're going to do uh, on Warhammer TV in the next week or so but it's very exciting because I have on relatively good um, you know a good I don't know what the the phrase is uh, uh, I've got some really decent information I'm fumbling. It must be this cold. Um, essentially, you may have seen these rumours kicking about for a while uh, about about a new box set. And I must say, when I first saw this new box set, I thought, this idea for a new box set, I thought, I can't see that being right. And then I thought about it a bit. And I thought, actually, yeah, I can start seeing the merits of that box set. And it started connecting some dots with some things that uh, some members of the Middle Earth team had told me. Um, just, just you know, sort of not. not they're, ne- they're never. They're very cagey, very, very cagey. The Middle Earth guys. Um, but they start so, every so often. You sort of get a chat with them, and you sort of get a feel for what sort of things they might be interested in doing, and what sort of characters they might want to do. And then you start getting a sense of maybe where they want to lean towards next and you know for example there was uh, when I spoke to Jay not that long ago he sort of suggested that um, Gondor at War would probably be done differently if it was done now and I was thinking oh that's interesting Uh, okay um, what does that mean and I sort of put it away and then these rumours about an Osgiliath box set started coming out and a lot of people were like why why would you do that and it made me think huh if, if Jay were to do you know, Gondor at War differently. Maybe there'd be more Osgiliath stuff. Maybe this rumour's not completely rubbish. And then I started thinking again about the plastic heroes that have been happening. 
Um, so, you know, you, you've got pretty much all of the big heroes. Um, you've got uh, you, you've got a Plastic Aragorn, Legolas and Gimli from the Three Hunters set. You've got the King of the Dead. You've got Eomer, Eowyn. You've got Gandalf uh, the White. Um, of course, you've got Merry and Pippin on, attached to him. And, of course, Merry and Pippin uh, as dismounts from the Treebeard kit, which you have also, big Treebeard. I mean, you start thinking about which heroes are missing from this, um, I suppose, this, uh, this roster. And there's very, very few that are left. I mean, yes, okay, we have that old plastic Fellowship of the Ring, which is a bit naff. So you do have a plastic Boromir and a plastic Gandalf the Grey. Um, so those two are kind of, you know, uh, potentials. But, and Sam and Frodo as well, of course. But you think about the opportunities here. If you were to have an Osgiliath kit, who, who are the people that you'd include? Well, if you wanted to update all the plastic models, who would that leave? Anyone connected to Osgiliath? Boromir, Faramir, Frodo, Sam, Gollum. And I'm not saying all of these are going to be included in this Osgiliath kit, because that's I haven't had that confirmed. But it starts making you think, doesn't it? Because those are the only five heroes that haven't had the plastic treatment yet that are big heroes. I mean... There are some evil characters like Sauron and uh, so on that haven't had it, or maybe Haldir or whatever, that haven't had an update. But those five, think of it, the, of the Fellowship of the Ring, you know, Gandalf's got one, yes, it's the Gandalf the White, but still, um, you know, the rest of the Fellowship of the Ring have some form of plastic hero, except uh, Boromir. And now, uh, and sort of Frodo and Sam, and Gollum, and it just starts to make sense. And so when I heard that this box set, and I've had this, uh, not, as I say, not confirmed, but pretty much confirmed uh, by someone uh, in the Middle Earth, sort of not Middle Earth team, the, in the, I don't want to say that Jay or any of those guys have confirmed it, because they absolutely haven't, because they would never do that. Um, but someone who works at Games Workshop has heard about this, and it makes me think that this is almost guaranteed now. So here's what I have heard. And I'll know by sort of, I don't know, uh, well, I guess we'll all know by next week um, whether this is the case, uh, whether it's true or not. But the rumours that I've heard are that we're going to get a new box set based around Osgiliath with new plastic heroes in it. Um, and we're also, this is something that I haven't heard yet, um, this is something, we're also going to get battle host box sets, or uh, I don't know what the name is, but something like that, where, you know, in the same uh, that they have in sort of 40k or fantasy, um, that they have these kind of, you know, plastic hero and troops so that you can sort of start start playing Middle-earth kind of thing. So th those are the things we've heard. So, I mean, the speculation is now rife. Faramir, I think, is almost guaranteed to be in this plastic uh, hero's box set. I'd have thought Boromir could be included as well. Um, and then I would, I would like to, I'd like to see Frodo, Sam and Gollum as well. I suspect probably not, but they might be a, a sort of second like a, a, another plastic kit that arrives on the side um, but we'll see it might not be a very popular plastic kit so it might be one that goes in this uh, this box set but a box set based around Osgiliath that's really cool um, and maybe just maybe no no word on this at all but maybe there's going to be some kind of 
uh, rule book in it or, or something like that. Um, whether it's just an updated rule book or not, I don't know. There might be a new updated rule book with some of the uh, FAQs added to it. That's the sort of sense that I've got from uh, Jay when I've spoken to him before, that it's unlikely to have a brand new edition that completely changes everything. But there might be an updated rule book. So, um, and, and the fact that um, there's a big preview on Sunday, the uh, sorry, Saturday the 6th, I think it is, of August. So I don't know when you're listening to this. Um, you may It may be all completely out of date. Uh, it makes me think um, that there's quite a lot to actually talk about. So this is really exciting. And the fact that these rumours are have been rumbling around in the background and now um, I've had someone who vaguely confirms it. Um, uh, it's, it's something to do with the, uh, the people who design things to do with these sorts of things uh, that has told me. So uh, the, anyway, this is really good. Um, so hopefully uh, this is an exciting podcast for you to listen to for that reason. Um, and there's lots more other things to talk about because people have been emailing in about the riddle in the dark. Uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm intrigued. Uh, podcast at gmail.com. What do you think about this idea, this new box set, if it's true? Um, what do you think? Would you would you get the Oskiliath box set? Will it depend on the heroes? Will it depend on there being new plastic troops, which I doubt there will be? Um, let me know. Entmootpodcast at gmail.com. And while you're at it, have a listen to the riddle in the dark. So, <clears throat> um, William Andrews has been in touch. He says, hey, Harry, just heard the riddle in the dark clip while painting up my alerts of scouts. Thank you for your continued efforts to support the game and hobby. I'm sure I'm not the only one whose own hobby time is greatly improved by your company every few weeks or so. I needed to write in as I knew the answer right away, which is very rare for me. Uh, and then William has done something fantastic. He has uh, put in brackets... And, and boldened it he says answer to riddle and dark don't read out loud yet as uh, if not yet revealing the answer so uh, and then he's got a little answer end bit at the end of that so thank you very much uh, i've looked and you're bang on the money uh, uh william thank you so much um but i'll continue he says all this got me thinking though why can't we take Gollum in the kirith ungle legendary legion i'd love for a reason to crack out that sneaky boy the rules uh, could just stipulate he can only be taken if Shelob is in the army, cannot have the One Ring, and must be deployed on his own in his own warband. What do you think? An acceptable house rule with a lovely thematic fare, or could someone abuse it? Um, I, I can't see how you could abuse that. As, as you say, as long as you can't have the One Ring, Gollum is pretty good. Um, he's, in, like, he's not amazing, is he, on his own? So, yeah, I'd love to drop him into that Legion. That's a shame. You're, you're quite right. It would be nice to have him in that Legion without the Ring. Um, uh, and especially on his own, uh, it would it would be it would be a, be just an extra little bit of excitement, especially at higher points. I'd love that. Um, and uh, William adds to this: Do you have any house rules you'd love to see in an updated FAQ or new edition of MESBG? We'd love to hear what ideas you have on your next podcast. All the best from the southeast. Would love to have you at Heroes of Belagarsi one day. Yes, uh, also one year. He said. Um, uh, first of all, on the tournament, here is the Belagar Sea. Uh, yeah, hopefully at some point. Southeast is a bit of a faff for me to get to because it just takes bloody ages for me to get there. Um, but I have heard good things about it, so I, I will definitely... It's on my agenda. I try to get to every tournament I can uh, at some point. It just might might depend on the year. But yeah, absolutely, William. I'd love to uh, love to uh, come down and uh, and sort of find out what, what, what makes it tick down there uh, at the Heroes of Belagar Sea. So, uh, or Belagaya, Belaga, I don't know how you pronounce that. But anyway, um, in terms of house rules, I don't ever have any house rules. Um, I think probably because I play so much at tournaments that having house rules would probably just confuse me and confuse my opponents. Um, I've never thought about it. Um, there are some rules that I've house ruled uh, unpopularly at one tournament. I let someone take a, a Haldir in a Fellowship of the Ring list. Sorry, Jamie. Um, but... Um, 
I other than that, I, I've never really delved into house rules, but I definitely think in friendly um, house rules could be fun, and I, I certainly think that this this Gollum one in the Legendary Legion for Kirith Ungol would would be a really good idea. So consider it, give it a go, give it a go. Uh, Nathan Talbot's been in touch. Uh, he says, "Hello, Harry. It's Nathan. Yes, that one." He doesn't have an entry for Riddles in the Dark because I'm too desperate to get this email in to timestamp it with an entry. Hmm. However. I just wanted to get ahead of your whimsical event episode. Yeah, so you've you've got you've done that. You've uh, you've emailed in before the episode and let the world know you may have had some success, but it comes at the cost of your sportsmanship and respect in game. Wow, Nathan, you're spoiling the episode. You're a beeping beepy fool of a toque, disrespectful ass of a beep, and beep and beeping beep of a beep. Well done on your beeping beep moment of glory as a beeping sneaky hobbit. I look forward to our next game, Nathan. I don't think I'm going to comment on that because uh, I think I have wo- I'll need to have words with you, Nathan. Yeah, I will. Anyway, um, before we uh, go into the rest of the podcast, let's carry on with the email uh, emails. Um, I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, Joe Pettit's been in touch. He says, hi, Harry, late to the party, but I'll try and get this in before you upload your next podcast for the whimsical one-dayer. Hmm. For this Riddles in the Dark, I knew it was dot, 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 but had to think about which part it was, and after a lot of thought, and without going to find the clip, I reckon it's dot, dot, dot. Ooh, yeah, a bit tricksy if true, you say. Great work, as always, on the podcast. Really good to listen to it on the drives to and from work, and when trying my hardest to paint these walk marauders. They've been sitting quietly for far too long. Thanks, Joe. Uh, Joe, thank you very much, and well done. You got the whittles, uh, the whittle, the riddle in the dark correct. Uh, so now we will reveal the answer because this is the final uh, email in the inbox this week. Uh, this is from Frederick Schultz. He says, hello there, Frederick from Germany here. Second time I write an email for Riddles in the Dark. I'm pretty sure I've got this one figured out. It's the part where Frodo's running through Shelob's lair, falling over, getting caught in cobweb and accidentally burying himself and uh, in under a pile of unidentifiable corpses. Uh, the part goes on with Frodo making a few more noises like, and but the first proper words we get after that scene are actually spoken by Galadriel as Frodo remembers the file of Galadriel and the light of Erendil. And he says, And you, Frodo Baggins, I give you the light of Erendil, our most beloved star. May it be a light for you in dark places when all other lights go out. I'm pretty sure I got this one right. That Galadriel part is very sneaky, though. Frodo, Sam, and Gollum, or even Shelob, might come to mind before people think of Galadriel. Anyways, keep up the good work. Looking forward to being part of Team Entmoot at Ardacon this year. All the best, Frederick. Frederick, yes, I can't wait for you to be part of Team Entmoot at Ardacon this year. It's only an episode away. We'll talk about team stuff um, on the podcast uh, in a couple of weeks and try and see if we can work out uh, uh, work out a, a successful team this time. And Frederick, you're right. This was my attempted trick. Uh, I really wanted to uh, trick everyone. Um, I'll go back to William Andrews' uh, message earlier. He said, as a lifelong arachnophobe, this scene has stuck with me since I was 11, but also some hope as the next person who speaks is Galadriel. And she says, and you, Frodo Baggins, give you blah, 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 blah. So well done to William, well done to Joe, um, and well done to Frederick. You all got the answer bang on the money. And Nathan was just sending abuse at me. Here's how the clip actually sounds. <laughs> Give you the light of Erendil, our most beloved 
Yeah, there you go, Galadriel. I, I tried to trick you. I, I don't know whether uh, whether everyone fell for it, but um, I, I did try my best. But I thought that was quite a good clip. And of course, uh, it was all linked to me using Kirith Ungol's legendary legion in the uh, in the last episode. So uh, thank you very much for uh, sending your emails into entmookpodcast at gmail dot com. How about another riddle in the dark, which we'll answer after Ardacon? Here's the clip. All you need to do is say who speaks next and what do they say. Let's have another listen. Who is it? Who speaks next? And what do they say? One more time. Entmootpodcast at gmail.com if you think you know who speaks next and what they say. Lovely, jabbly. Okay, now we've done that. Uh, we've done the uh, talk of Faramir and the new box set. We've done the uh, building of the army. So I've got some exciting games ahead. So it's only a one-day tournament, this one, uh, but that means there's four, uh, four or thereabouts games, and I'm taking Faramir, Eowyn, Sam, Rosie, Merry, Pippin, 42 models, 12 archers. Can we be successful? And particularly, can my Faramir be the best-performing Faramir at the tournament? Let's find out and head to the tables. Here, Mr. Bilbo, where are you off to? Stop. I'm already late. Late for what? I'm going on an adventure. So game one at the whimsical one day, and I've taken my hat off. What am I doing? Uh, this, the whole point of this tournament is to wear amusing hats, uh, to have Faramir, to succeed in life. Uh, we'll find out what happened uh, in game number one against Matt Shepperson. Uh, so uh, a few times on the podcast now, Matt, and uh, I've got my Faramir Eowyn Hobbit Alliance. Uh, what have you brought to the whimsical one day uh, something not very whimsical <laughs> lurks his scouts, so I do apologise. But um, I've only had one game with them before, which was uh, two nights ago, and I lost against Lothlorien, so yeah, not too gamey. Mm. But no, um, they were fun. I've played like Uglug scouts, and I've been a long time Isengard player, so I'm not too unfamiliar with what's happening. Um, but yeah, no, it's a fun game. Yeah, absolutely. So capture and control, uh, we've, we've not got much time before the next round, so we'll try and summarise it quickly. Capture and control, you flip the objectives. Of course, I've got a sea of hobbits, as well as my uh, Faramir and Eowyn. What, what, did you, what did you think about the start, the deployment, all those sorts of things? Um, I was quite glad to see all your archers were in one place. So I tried to... Because I, I, I had about 10 bows of my own, so I was a little outgunned, but quality of bows differ. So I tried to kind of swing most of my army away around from the bows and hold a, one group at my back objective to hold that um, they started losing that exchange so I had to sort of pull a few bodies from the middle back over to defend as they came in full force mm. but um, yeah it was kind of it, we ended up swirling around the ball around the centre a little bit and it, sort of nicking each other's back objectives yeah absolutely there was a massive uh, big ruin in the centre actually I recognise it from the Battle Games of Middle Earth magazine it's that um, Minas Tirith sort of Osgiliath ruin that, that they teach you how to build in one of the, the uh, uh, magazines, but I, I think you made a, the, 
you made the, the right play right at the start. You uh, you put your heroes in the uh, in the central objective in this ruin or one of your warbands, and because you did that, I I I sort of only had Aowyn to put down early on, so she was on the back objective. And I think I I was just a bit cautious about putting hobbits against uh, against Urukai in the middle, so I lost that central objective pretty early on, and it was an uphill struggle from there. Yeah, because it, it just meant we, as we like I said, we swirled around the outside. You kind of one or two hobbits tried to sort of get in the middle, but it was a bit late at that mm. point. So yeah, I think my aggressive deployment in the centre definitely helped me um, at least not lose control of the match uh, and forced you to make certain things. And, and time was against us really because um, I've got I think you had one Urukai left in the middle, and I've got three hobbits. So if if the priority went my way next turn, I might have that central objective. And there were some cracking plays in the last turn. That, that would have, I think, won me the game if they'd have all worked. Uh, but sadly, they all relied on uh, Faramir. Uh, of course, the joke of the tournament being Faramir's useless. Um, and he tried to prove his quality. Merry and Faramir charged into one Urukai. And of course, I squiffed my uh, dice roll. So Faramir failed to kill that guy and didn't get to heroic combat into uh, turn the tide on one of the objectives, which is sad. But, you know, that's, that was the game. And you did a really uh, excellent play with Lurtz where he heroic combated and landed on one of the objectives to neutralize that objective too as well yeah, so, it, so it just went those la- the last two great combats just went the wrong way and pit changed it from a potential win to me something like 6-4 I think it would have been uh, yeah. to a 6-2 win to you yeah it was good I mean the Lurtz counterplay was to counter your Sam's good um, heroic manoeuvre and then like I say with Faramir he, he peaked early doors and then <laughs> fatigued pretty hard towards the end so. yeah he did alright he killed uh, Ugluck um, he got six uh, kills in total so he's not doing bad in terms of the Faramir tally I understand some other people have brought Faramirs we're trying to track who's got the best Faramir in the tournament we'll find out how Faramir goes for the rest of the, the games but Matt thank you very much for another cracking game and uh, best luck in the next one cheers buddy thank you game number two command the battlefield against Jonathan Redmond and um, I have to say you're wearing a fantastic t-shirt it's an Entmoot t-shirt because you're a long time patron and supporter so I've got to say thank you for that first of all um, just give us an idea uh, you've got 500 points to spend what did you spend it on? Uh, terribly spent it on Aragorn King of the Dead uh, Herald of the Dead and a banner stupidly and then some just normal guys one with spear and shield the rest all shield yeah so very low model count I think it's 12 was it? 12 models yeah. 12 models command the battlefield against a 42 model strong army with a lot of hobbits it's not always going to be the easiest game what, what was your plan here especially because Maelstrom you can't really plan for that yeah so as I say I uh, brought the banner in because I was worried about Maelstrom and Aragorn being isolated on his own which actually happened but just your sheer weight of numbers just got just overwhelmed me I just couldn't get a, a break out basically yeah it was it was slowly chipping away I think in the the first turn you rolled um uh, and the so your herald came on on the eastern board edge First, oh yeah, Aragorn came first. Yeah. Oh, I just came on the southern board edge, trying to get into the middle and see where I needed to go. Uh, forgot to heroic march on the first turn, which cost me a bit, I think. Would have got him in sooner. Uh, the herald rolled a three, which brought him on the west edge. Yeah, and of course, herald doesn't have any might of his own. He can help king, the king of the dead spend it, but um, no, so king didn't turn up, did he? Yeah, so, king didn't turn up at all for the first turn. Um, and I think from then on, it, it always looked like it was going to be a struggle for you because I sent on. Um, Two warbands of hobbits against your, what was it, three or four models in the Herald's warband? Uh, so three in the Herald's, yeah, three in yeah. the Herald's, yeah. So, so I, it was just 20 or so models tra- uh, surrounding and trapping um, those guys. And it took a while to chip them all down, but eventually they did go down with the help of Faramir's lance. Uh, he arrived eventually. And 
and I think I think that's kind of what lo what lost you the game really because yeah. the the battle was all in one quarter. Yeah, that's it. It was literally on that side of the board, and I just couldn't break out. I couldn't I couldn't do anything. There was just too many numbers to get through. You know, um, Aragorn was just too slow to get in to help out, which you know really, really cost me the game. So. Yeah. When, when he everything together basically, which yeah. didn't happen. So when when he turned up, he was absolutely chopping through hobbits. Uh, he he broke up. Uh, uh, he basically went and killed Rosie, which I thought was a, a terrible thing to do. And then uh, followed it up by killing Sam after a couple of turns. Sam did fight valiantly against Aragorn, surviving the first round of combat uh, against him and a couple of ghosts, which was quite impressive. But he did eventually go down, uh, sadly. But. Um, yeah, I think the problem was it was all bottled into that one corner and I just had plenty of time to send Merry and Pippin, the, the Hobbit hit team. Yeah, I mean, you, you literally had the numbers as well. Like, So if Aragorn was there earlier, you would have just been able to block me off with so many Hobbits. So yeah. I, it just wouldn't have made a difference, I don't think. So. Yeah, yeah I, I managed to spread my Hobbit archers all across the board, so I, I captured quarters of them. The Hobbit hit team of Merry and Pippin um, flew basically uh, from one corner of the board to the other. Uh, Pippin <laughs> arrived eventually at the two, uh, the two army of dead that you sent to try and claim one board edge basically yeah but uh, one of them went down to courage wasn't it i think it was courage in the end wasn't yeah, it well, yeah it no 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 it wasn't it was uh, i i i might it i spent i won the fight and i spent a might to to improve my chances to slayed a, a dead a dead yeah. warrior and uh, so pippin pippin was pretty useful in the end he killed one and it evened out the uh, the odds in that corner so neither of us claimed that corner but i did have the advantage in all the other corners uh faramir did did his work he managed to kill i think was it uh, six guys again uh, uh, including some wounds on the Herald. Uh, so, yeah, because he killed the Herald, so he took two wounds for the Herald. And uh, So Har uh, Faramir survived in the end and, um, and just narrowly avoided uh, getting Aragorn to death. Uh, but alas, it was it was too late really by that point. I managed to just yeah, surround just and chip away at your guys yeah. uh, over a slow time. That was it. Just yeah, just death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, a fantastic game. Really enjoyed it, and uh, um, thank you so much for for coming along and and bringing your Entmoot shirt, uh, spreading the good word of Entmoot, and and being a patron supporter. I really yeah. appreciate it. If, they, if you're not a patron supporter, please do consider it. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I didn't pay him to do that, I promise. Uh, either way, uh, that means that I, it was an 8-0 win to me. Uh, so that means I'm uh, flying high. I'm uh, heading on up the tables after that first round loss. Let's see how Faramir, Eowyn and the Hobbits fare in the next game. Game number three, destroy the supplies, uh, playing against Ash Scott, who uh, has brought... Oh, well, why don't you tell me? Uh, what have you brought to the uh, army list? I've uh, I brought the Rangers of Athelion today um, with the compulsory Hobbit extras. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a big shooty list, a uh, bit of Faramir, uh, Mablung, Amborn. Yeah, so that's the one who's got the free might point for shooting. I don't think he ever hit during the game. No. I, I think he rolled ones almost every time. So uh, good work, Amborn. Um, but uh, destroy the supplies. Uh, so we've got those three objectives. We're both defending. We have to destroy each other's objectives. And um, what was your game plan here? Because you outshoot me well I knew you had the weight of numbers uh, I also knew that I was gonna outshoot you so I, I just sat back uh, let you come to me for three or four turns and then the plan was to sneak an objective towards the end once you'd crossed the uh, the threshold yeah uh, which it kind of played out that way in the end it pretty much did I mean I, I think over those first three or four turns of shooting um, you took out at least half if not slightly more than half of one warband in particular whittled at the others and um, my heroes remained largely unscathed um, I think that was just bad dice on your part they should have probably taken a wound or so on the way in but um, 
the, the, the real battle was the Battle of the Faramirs to the uh, left of the board as I was looking at it. I, I basically sent Faramir, Eowyn, Sam uh, and a load of dudes down the left-hand side trying to claim one objective. That was my... The hope was I'll get that one and then I'll move on uh, to the middle and maybe have a good chance. But um, basically Faramir hit in killed two guys in the first turn after spent, having to spend two points of might to win the combat and, and from there he was kind of faltered didn't it, it, it that, that advance didn't quite work the way I, I planned it out that's right yeah he, uh, he initial impact was quite a hard hitter it, it came a turn earlier than I was expecting it um, so I was a little bit uh, short on numbers on that side so I had to, to move a lot of my, my centre over to the right as well luckily the right flank held out until they arrived and, and then they supported him and uh, that's where my Faramir came into it. Yeah, I, I was hoping for, as you say, I thought if I put loads of pressure onto one of the weaker flanks, because as you say, you deployed Faramir and his larger uh, guys in the centre, um, and there's a, it's a strange board. There's a lot of terrain on the flanks, um, and there's kind of an empty na uh, avenue in the middle. So I decided, well, I'll just deploy everything on the right and then the left. So I sort of split my force, but I don't think that really matters too much. Um, or it certainly didn't matter much in the game. But um, it just meant that your bigger warband was sort of stuck in the middle and had to decide whether to support the left or the right. Uh, and basically, my, my kind of strategy did work in the sense that I did claim the objective on the side that you didn't go to support, but it just... It, it faltered on the, the, the other side, which, which just wasn't enough in the end. That's right, yeah. I think uh, that objective that you claimed came at a high price uh, for, that, for that unit, and, and so you had no one to, to come and support when, when it was all going wrong yeah. on the other side. So. Yeah, and, it, and there wasn't yeah. enough there to, uh, to push the, that warband into the centre, because I think, yeah. as I say, there was maybe six hobbits plus the two uh, hobbit heroes, so Merry and Pip, and I left a lot of archers at the back, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, but the, the, I, I thought if I get that objective and kill the six dudes there then um, I should have enough guys to sort of start sneaking into the middle sort of creeping into the middle but I didn't actually kill many of your guys over there uh, I just managed to claim the objective by some canny placement of, of models and tagging everyone it, it was it was one of those games where I just sort of spent most of my time tagging your heroes or your warriors to just stop them from being able to do anything and, and deny the chance to, to deny me the objective I suppose yeah that's right yeah I think um, maybe would have had a better opportunity with it if maybe you took the objective a turn earlier with mm. uh, but so uh, i think we i managed to block th that off didn't i you forgot to do a, a heroic move yeah i was, was i was so excited there was an opportunity i was so excited about the other flank that i'd forgotten to call the heroic on both sides of the battlefield so that's a, a good lesson kids so keep an eye on it all all your flanks um but yeah and, and you, you blocked it off that one turn and then the next turn it, it was just that one turn too late i didn't quite get the momentum that i needed that's right yeah uh, but uh, overall it was a um, fantastic clash mm. really great going toe-to-toe -to -toe with hobbits yeah uh it's a, ni a ni nice uh, nice fight for me for a change absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. you're you're killing me easier uh, you've you've got high your strength three is actually really good against them and your bows are doing really good damage and i'm still only wounding you on fives most of the time so it, it, well all the time uh, mm. so it's pretty tricky and I, I deployed i had an idea to basically deploy my full archer warband so it was 12 or i can't remember exactly 12 bows something like that uh, and they were kind of hanging around one of the objective and they had enough range to cover the central objective um from basically the start and do you think that was the right move because i ended up with basically 12 hobbits standing at the back doing very little for most of the game 12 was probably a little little too much uh, to, to keep back there. I, I have to admit that I didn't really give them bows much credit. I, I ran a couple of ranges through halfway through the game to, to take the centre objective at your end, and uh, the minute they stepped out, they were dead. So uh, I, I started to give them a little bit more respect. Um, 
so they did hold me back a long part of the game but then I just took the right my right yeah. flank instead uh, which was out of their range and with their four inch movement they just they just couldn't get across in time to to stop me sneaking an objective at the end yeah that that was I, I, I had six shots on on the guy who just moved on to the objective at the very end and I thought oh, on the balance of probabilities I should get four hits I might get one wound or two wounds though but it was uh, your hero so you know there was a good chance that he would he would save that wound as well so so I, I think you know maybe maybe I should have deployed uh, brought the the, Hob the Hobbit archers or at least half the Hobbit archers forward pretty much straight away and left a, a good solid phalanx of six seven um, guys at the back uh, to just cover those objectives but uh, as it happens they're just sort of dancing in the middle at the moment and um, not quite turning up to help with the fights which I think they would have e even if they didn't lend much sort of killing power they would have lent bodies to t tag uh, people up uh, and, and crucially to get onto that objective uh, at, at some point. Absolutely, yeah. When I saw them coming towards me, I was, I was a little bit worried about that, um, which was why I actually shifted a lot of my right back to the centre to try and finish that off quicker yeah. uh, before they could get there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no. It's, it's just a timing game, I think. Yeah. Exactly right. I think right, I made yeah. a couple of mistakes on the timing, uh, and other than that, I, I, I don't know how I, how I could have won. You had a lot of shooting, and you, you used it very well. The, the terrain was okay for protecting, but because of the Hobbit, Hobbit's little legs, it... it it just they, they needed to take a more direct route, otherwise they'd just take an extra turn uh, yeah. with uh, in the ways, and it wouldn't really amount to much difference. I don't think. That's right. Every move you make, you had to at some point cross open ground, yeah. and and that's where I was picking you off. So yeah. Yeah. absolutely. Well, uh, Ash, it was uh, six two in the end, I think, to you. So uh, not a disastrous loss, uh, and you only got the the last two um, and the final turn. And if that guy had gone down, it would have been a four two. So I, I you know, I, I I was quite happy. I, I was playing for the draw pretty much right right to the end. I, there was. Mary and a load of other dudes were uh, really close to one objective but Ash uh, you can hear final game almost being drawn so good luck for the next round yeah no that's great thank you very thank much, you much great game cheers, thanks Harry cheers. so just going to pause before the final game because um, the Faramir did die in that last game against the other Faramir with the Rangers of Thillian and I'll, I'll be honest I played dirty I played dirty I denied Faramir um, on uh, the other the Rangers of Thillian Faramir uh, the chance to get some kills and get some all that sort of stuff a couple of times because I was just being cheeky I didn't take fate and all that sort of stuff on some of my heroes bit naughty bit naughty but I'm playing for the win here Faramir's got to try and show his quality so uh, very excited going into the final game to see how Faramir will go and playing against Chris Cooper now um, I've spoken to him a couple of times uh, maybe not on the podcast but um, he's come to a couple of my tournaments and uh, you may know him um, because he's got a YouTube channel um, with his daughter Ruth um, a Ruth's creation and um, I've, I've, encountered, I've bumped into him at a couple of uh, events before and said I'd really like to record something with you and your daughter Ruth because I love the fact that you a bring her along to tournaments and b she's getting into uh, like the game and stuff um, because it's so rare for uh, young girls to be interested in um, Warhammer um, and Lord of the Rings and, and the SBG in general and I love the fact that it's like a father and daughter thing that they do and I just wanted to have a chat with them about uh, about that about the YouTube channel about bringing her along so um, I was had the pleasure I actually arranged to. Uh, do this uh, at this tournament anyway to talk to them but because I'm playing Chris in the last round we'll have a chat with um, his daughter too so uh, final game how does Faramir fare against Chris's mm, slightly nasty army 
and also let's find out about uh, little Ruth and see how she's done uh, throughout the tournament as well. Let's head into the final game of the whimsical one day with my hat proudly sat on my head. So game number four at the end of this whimsical one day uh, in Lincoln and uh, playing Clash by Moonlight against Chris. And uh, Chris, first of all, just, just give us an idea of what your army is because you've come with something ultra themey. I have. Uh, so it's the flight, flight to Rivendell. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Glorfindel. We've got Aragorn, who is technically wielding the shards of Narsil. Mm. So counts as Anduril because it's the same sword, right? It's the same sword. And, and you, you have put the effort in to clip the, uh, the, the model so that it, it is actually shards. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, because I've, I've gone super theming, as, as you know. Um, so we've also got Bill the Pony, because where would a force be without Bill the Pony? Absolutely. Uh, he's been feeding his second breakfasts all day to Sam. Sam has been basically a mini Aragorn, uh, or at least was for the first two kills, uh, first two games, rather. Um, he got six kills over the first two games. Was wow. absolute, absolute legend. Uh, Merry Pippin and Frodo. Um, Frodo, I've actually modelled him so that he's uh, been stabbed and is lying down, because he's been stabbed by the Witch King. He's not up to much, so he's been prone the entire tournament. Um, and he's only died once. He's done well in that regard. Um, but yeah, he's literally just done nothing. He's been 60 points of sitting on his backside. <laughs> well, he, he's, he's, he's good. He was hiding in the trees there at the back of the, the battlefield. I mean, we've got a beautiful board to play on as well. There's some uh, delightful hobbit holes and some fields, one with a little pumpkin scarecrow in it. And we're playing Clash by Moonlight. So this is one where it's all about heroes. And both of us have some quite weak heroes, but also you have two super uber heroes. Going into the game, what, what, what did you expect? Oh, I was confident. Um, I figured Glorfindel would be able to just kind of roll down a line of hobbits, choose some up. Um, I was going to try and slingshot her at combat him into, uh, into a big group of heroes, but I wasn't quite able to get that off. I was just mugged that little bit too quickly from him. Um, and Aragorn was just going to, in theory, just go chopping through stuff as he does. I mean, he's Aragorn. It, alas, <laughs> for you, it didn't quite work out like that. I mean... I don't think you did anything particularly wrong um, other than just pretty consistently not roll sixes and you, your resources were drained so quickly. Yeah, uh, you were able to outnumber me really quickly. It meant I had to roll sixes every turn and when I didn't, he got ganked, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I was having to use my might a lot because I lost a lot of priority rolls as well. Yeah. Um, so I was using that free point of might for that, yeah. whereas... Ideally, I might be using that for maybe heroic defense or something like that, which, which I've been doing a lot today because actually having Aragorn alive is pretty integral to the plan. Yeah, and, and even, it, as you say, the, the, the free one going on that and then you having to spend another one to maybe win a fight or, or something like that if you're surrounded by hobbits, things like that. And, and I even I tried poking you with, with various heroes like Merry and Pippin. They're all striking. Faramir showing his quality in this game, uh, absolutely. I mean, it's the aim of the tournament and he's just been... Uh, Resilient is probably the fair, <laughs> or just lucky. I don't quite know, but he managed to survive the whole game against Glorfindel and Aragorn twice. It was, it was, it was disastrous, really, rolling for you. Yeah, uh, I don't think there's any other way of putting it. Um, I mean, Faramir wasn't, I don't think, as good as you're saying he was, because <laughs> <laughs> he did take four turns at the end to kill Pippin off. Yeah, yeah, he did, but he did get seven kills in the end. He slowly turned his way through the uh, the hobbits. Uh, he helped kill 
Uh, something earlier on, I can't remember exactly what, but um, Bill, oh, Bill the Pony, that's it. He was actually, he's been a bit sly, he's been a bit mean, he's gone for all the squishy targets and tried to avoid combat with the big heroes as long as he could, which, if you're trying to get kills on the tally to win the uh, the Faramir prize, I suppose is the only way to do it. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I, I can't argue with how, how you've done it, but I, I can maybe say that Faramir might have shown his quality, but the kills weren't of particularly great quality. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. And, and so it ended up being a 12-0 win uh, to me, which, you know, I, I guess just after a weight of numbers, eventually uh, it was going to bring Glorfindel and uh, Aragorn down. And actually the stun came in uh, effect quite usefully at the end. I got a few sheriffs in, stunned Glorfindel and managed to, to win the fight and drag him down under the weight of numbers. But uh, a 12-0 win, I, either way, it, it's, been, it's been a great game. And I know it's been a special tournament for you because it's a family affair, isn't it? Uh, it is. So uh, we've actually come up to Lincoln uh, well, not today. We came up yesterday because we're staying for a week for a family holiday. Um, my daughter Ruth uh, also plays and has been out and about a few tournaments already this year. Mm. Um, and in fact, has her own YouTube channel, Avery's Creations. Yes, and I'll bring Ruth in here now. She wants to come come around here and have a chat because um, Ruth, you, I don't. How long have you been playing the game? Is it has it been long that you've been playing it? About 18 months. Oh, wow. So was it was it Dad that got you into it, or, or were you always interested in Lord of the Rings and all that? Well, uh, about, yeah, about 18 months ago, he uh, found a uh, Lord of the Rings book and was like, I want to get back into this, and asked me if I'd like to do that with him. And I said yes, and um, that just started us off. And our first two armies were the hobbits and ruffians and we were gonna play through the scouring of the shire together so we've done the first two of those and the next one we'll do at some point soon but yeah you got distracted by tournaments you're becoming like a competitive player now is that right yeah and i've played quite a few tournaments um over the 18 months i mean we've had to cancel some of them so into the west was meant to be earlier this year but it was postponed to this month but that was fun as well yeah, yeah. so and, and you've what just tell me what you've brought today because you've got uh, you've got a faramir as well because that's part of the competition isn't it we've got to try and do the best with our faramir but it's an unusual army what have you brought uh so i brought rivendell so elrond and arwen with faramir except faramir didn't do well at all because he died every single round and only got uh two kills on um round two so yeah he wasn't much help so he didn't show his quality and and from what i gather elrond hasn't done much work either he did do some work but in the end he ended up dying quite a few of the rounds but but yeah you just just the three models isn't it so you've got all hero super superhero oh have you got other stuff as well well i'm trying to work out the maths of there so you've got 300 points or thereabouts what else did you bring uh, I brought two knights, there was a banner, there was a warrior with a shield and a knot, and a bl elven blade, and there were four spears and two bows. So, um, about a dozen models in total. Yeah, about a dozen. Right, okay. So, yeah, so there's a fair army there. And I've got to ask, because uh, you're... Uh, very young, but um, is, is it you purely in excited and enjoying this because you're playing the games alongside your dad, coming to tournaments along with your dad? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I haven't done well. I've never won a tournament. Uh, I think today I might get Wooden Spoon because I've not done well at all. I've only got two victory points the whole day. Uh, it's so. not all about winning, though. Have you, have you, are you enjoying yourself? Yeah, I'm really enjoying myself. I really enjoyed losing that last game. <laughs> 
because uh, my opponent wanted it to win and I was like well I'll let you win <laughs> if you let me lose so yeah that was how the last game went but and, and uh, your dad mentioned uh, your YouTube channel so Aru's creation what, what what sort of stuff do you put on there tell me about your YouTube channel why did you want to do that uh, so we've got uh, we've done quite a few battle reports and we've got our into the west one that should be coming out soon um, of this year's into the west and then we've um, as I said done the uh, scaring of the Shire so we've done the first two of those and then we're gonna do the third one soon and yeah that's what we've done so far we might do other things in the near future but that's all we've got planned for now well brilliant and i, I gotta say as well that you may notice that there, there are not very many uh, girls and or, or, or women involved in this hobby what would you say to anyone out there who's who's a girl maybe your age or, or uh, women as well uh, wives mums uh, what would you say about that do you think you should encourage would encourage girls to get involved yeah, it's really fun. Like I think uh, children my age would um, really like Rivendell because they're really fun. And Armin gets to uh, call, uh, and, uh, and Elrond get to call Ratha Brunum, which just literally destroys everything. And then they take well everything within three inches gets knock prone, and then you take strength to hit on all of them, which is really fun to do if you get to pull it off. And unless you don't kill anything, then it's not fun. But it is still really fun, the excitement to get ready to do it. Yeah. And, and then I guess just, just coming here and, and having a laugh with people and rolling dice, it, it is, I mean, it's just playing board games and games, isn't it? It's good fun. Yeah, it's really fun. I've really enjoyed doing tournaments and playing. And I've been to, yeah, I've played quite a lot of games over the past year and a half. So, yeah, I've really did, enjoyed it. And my elves have been my favorite army to play yes. I, as i've said i've also played my ruffians but those are the t only two armies i've played i think well ruth it's, it's fantastic hearing you talking so so passionately and excitedly about uh, the game and i really appreciate you coming on to, to talk talk to me on the podcast and and to chris as well for for bringing ruth along to tournaments and and getting getting involved as i sort of hinted out to ruth there you don't see many uh, young girls getting in, involved in toy soldiers so it's brilliant to see see uh, someone being introduced to it yeah no it's uh, been really good for her um, we've got lots of different educational aspects that we look at with it as well you've got the whole kind of list building coming up with your your math, math side of it there um, there's a lot of she's very artistic so she enjoys the making and the painting yeah. we've done uh, modeling of terrain and things and she's really loved doing that haven't you yeah and I've also got my Rivendell display board where I've got the Rivendell bridge and also a resin um, river going um, beneath the bridge with lots of flowers on it as well which well did you did you do the resin pouring yourself because I've tried that and it, it can go wrong yeah I did have help though so um, <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, my display base is uh, just, we didn't bring it today because it was too big, but um, it's a really nice one with lots of flowers. With I think I saw it at the Into the West one. I, I, just, I think you might be the youngest person here. How old are you, Ruth? Uh, I'm 10 and I'm 11 this year, so. so there you go. There you go. I think certainly the youngest person here. Well, Chris uh, and Ruth, thank you very much for talking to me on the podcast. You're very welcome. So there you go. Lovely, lovely to hear from uh, Ruth uh, and Chris there as well um, about that final game and the the, the sort of bloody, bloody murdering um, that uh, uh, that Faramir was doing. Uh, just just churning through hobbits, uh, killing folk. Uh, he was he was 
pretty mean. Uh, and to be fair, Chris uh, Chris had a had a tricky game of it there. Aragorn did so poorly, and Glorfindel didn't do great either. But uh, they just they just had to spend a lot of might early on when they really didn't want to be spending might. And I think one or two times Aragorn uh, just didn't have enough might. He's rolled triple ones and stuff like that, and he just just didn't have the have the uh, the stuff to uh, carry on. So I kept my Faramir well out of the way uh, as often as I could. Uh, but he did cop a couple of combats against Aragorn, one against Aragorn, one against Glorfindel, and survived, which is brilliant news because it then carried on and he got a load of kills in the rest of the game, which meant he increased his tally of kills and, of course, didn't suffer any wounds either. So uh, as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, it's a whimsical tournament. I've been wearing a flat cap for the entire tournament. I was dressed as a hobbit as well. I had a waistcoat and shorts on. I forgot to mention this at the start of the podcast. Um, so I was wearing a hat because you get prize if uh, like you get entered into a prize draw to win something if you wear a hat at the tournament. And there were some fantastic hats at the tournament, it must be said. Uh, wizard's hats and big uh, floppy hats and uh, and uh, Ruth who we just talked to there she was wearing uh, a big Australian hat and all that sort of stuff it was very very cool and it was lovely to see so many people uh, get into the swing of that whimsy um uh so yeah so lo- loads of great stuff um anyway so the point is um I've been trying to fight for victory with uh with Faramir and was I successful I was successful, yes. And um, despite being uh, a bit filthy, uh, you heard the uh, heard the sort of messages from Nathan at the start of the podcast. Um, I, I I'd been chatting with him and Darren, um, uh, another patron, both patron members, big supporters. Uh, thank you very much for that, guys. Um, they were uh, they were sort of competing fiercely because we uh, both Darren and I had a. Uh, had a Faramir. Darren's Faramir, I think, died a, f- a few more times than mine. But mine, mine just did really well. He was very, um, he was very good. He managed to uh, uh, kill quite a lot of dudes. He survived three out of four games. Uh, obviously, I only won two games, but you know what? It didn't really matter too much um, because you know what? I had a great time. This was a really good tournament. Um, I had so much fun uh, and. Yeah, it was just really, really, really nicely organised. I like the element of whimsy from the hats and the different sort of prizes that uh, actually didn't didn't sort of matter too much uh, in the scheme of things. But uh, it was just really, really nice to to get down to the uh, uh, to this <coughs> to this uh, this tournament because I just think it worked so much better than um, than I, I sort of thought it might do. I, I just a five hundred point tournament, just two little elements of whimsy, encourage people to wear hats, bit of a competition about Faramir. And that's all. It, it, what I liked about that was some tournaments, uh, Seven Stones do it really well. They encourage people to wear fancy dress and it works because everyone gets into it and it's a known entity. But I like that um, Tim didn't go, let's wear fancy dress because people feel self-conscious wearing fancy dress if they're the only person. Uh, Seven Stones, um, people do it because and they know, um, they know that other people are going to do it, so it's fine. But encouraging people to wear hats, now that is easier. No one feels self-conscious wearing a hat. You can take it off. You can wear a not that crazy hat. You can wear a cap and it's fine. But um, I love that and it just, it really added to it. So uh, there you go. Uh, now, obviously there is a winner of the tournament. It's not me, um, but there is a winner. Um, so let's uh, let's delve into that. Let's see who um, won the Lincoln Whimsical One Dayer. So it's the end of the Whimsical One Dayer. Uh, the hat prizes have been issued the Faramir prizes have been issued or more on that in a minute but of course the main trophy has been issued for the best player of the tournament 500 points and it's an Entmoot 
favourite, I suppose. You've spoken to it definitely a few times on the podcast. A local guy as well. Harry West, congratulations. Thank you very much, yeah. I th- I did, were you expecting this? Not really, no. I, I thought I'd take... Normally I take Caliborn in my list. Um, and then I thought, now I'd change it up and I'd take um, Rumil and Haldir. So I thought I'd go something a bit smaller. Yeah, so 500 points. Yeah, yeah. Well, go, go into it. Tell me what you've got in your army list so people have an idea. So I took um, Haldir with bow and heavy armour. Then I took Rumil just as standard. Uh, then it was, I think, 14 um, Galadrim warriors with swords and shields, 14 pike, and then um, five bowmen. I think that was oh and one uh, knight with shield and that was the 29 models so you've got, have you got a, another hero in there no just two heroes so six might did you have enough enough warband slots for all that yep yeah j- literally maximum because it's 15 for um, Haldir and 12 for Ramil right okay. maximum alright oh, okay so you got the absolute maximum there yeah. well I, so uh, how how did you how did you fare because you know th- this is a 500 point tournament so I, the people don't really know necessarily what they're coming up against was it just the the massive fight five that you had there i think so the fight six with all the pikes is i think is uh, quite broken mm. in terms of uh, having a back line of just those um and then defense six fronts and then um obviously uh parry special rule on rumil just made it really good against heroes that he came up against and i, and it, I think it was the numbers just having maxing out the numbers was mm. Was so what was it in total? 28? 29 models. 29 models. And the heroes were the two in that. Wow. Okay, so uh, amazing. And uh, were there any particularly tricky moments that, uh, that you came up against that, that you know you can tell us uh, tell us a tale about? I think we played uh, Maelstrom. I can't remember which. Um, oh, uh, Command the Battlefield. So was that the second or third game? That was third game, I believe. Yeah. Um, and I was up against Rohan, so I was like, oh, movement was just... But uh, when I came up against him, it was... Uh, the, he didn't have as many guys as I thought he would, um, but we it was just a movement game, and then in the end I just managed to shoot off plenty of his uh, guys, and I think it just came down to numbers, and he didn't spread them out enough to get the points in each quarter. Right, okay. So, so hard, I mean, what, so was that the hardest game, or have you had any other particularly tricky ones? Uh, my last game was probably the hardest. I was playing... Um, was it Azog Legion? Yeah, Hunters? Hunter. Yes, Hunters, yeah. So coming up against like two attack guys, strength fours, just so many wounds coming against me. I ended up losing, I think it was nearly 20 guys on that last game. Um, it, it was really close. I think it was one VP difference. Wow. And, and I guess that one, because it's all about killing heroes, his heroes are slightly uh, less durable than yours. Yeah, I think we only killed one hero off the board, and it was not mine. Um, he did cause one uh, fate roll on Haldir, but and then I just moved across the board away from his other heroes, so it just... It was just normal guys that were getting killed rather than heroes, so I was lucky to kill just one hero of his. And you, th- uh, uh, people, uh, long-time listeners will remember, uh, or maybe may remember your your name, because you you were here at the uh, Imp Slow Grow League, which started many many moons ago now. It must have been a couple of years ago, and so and that was your very first uh, sort of foray into the game since since uh, at first or since you came back in, I suppose, since the Middle Earth Strategy Battle game. And you've grown with the with the game. Now you've won a tournament, and and is it? Do you think it's because you've been playing that same army, you've you've really learned how to use it. I think most definitely, yeah. I started in 2019. I used to take spearmen instead of pikes, and then I thought, oh, it's the extra fight value that's going to win a lot of these things. So I, I swapped them out, and then it's I, I don't like bows, so I, I don't take many of those. But they've they've been doing well for me the last couple of games. But yeah, I, I think it is learning the playing the same army all the time is just like 
that's parry special or re-roll that it just comes quicker mm. so you can uh, you just know your army a little bit better yeah the, the, the coming quicker is actually quite crucial especially with a, a fairly grindy list like yours you, you know you might not be killing as much stuff uh, because you've low low strength perhaps but but you're able to if you can you know make those turns quicker you might be able to grind away and and come out on top yeah i think most definitely i think it's it's definitely depending on the army when it comes against dwarves we're and like vault warden teams that is a real struggle for me um and then any higher points i, I tend to add in an extra um hero from like normally i use gua here for the movement and and the monstrous charge which i've figured out from just playing them extra i don't really take galadriel because she's she doesn't have the same style that I like to play with Celeborn and Rumil and Haldir. Yeah, just the, the combat uh, combat boys. Well, uh, oh, and I suppose uh, you, there's no, the model isn't out yet, but there's an Orifin now. Are you going to add that to your army? Because uh, people who haven't seen your army, it's an absolutely gorgeous army. It's beautifully painted, very carefully uh, highlighted and all those sorts of things. Are you going to add that brand new model to the list? Yes, I think I've got a 700-point list down, 39 models, 3 heroes, 9 might. Um, yeah. A lot of pikes, yeah. So I think that's my next we'll try, try them out. Yeah. Well, Harry, uh, congratulations! I'm really glad that you've uh, you've managed to take home the the local prize for for a local person at a, a tournament. It's not uh, not an easy feat, but uh, no, you've you've clearly played well. I guess it was four wins in total. Was it? Yes, it yeah. was. Yeah, definitely. Thank well, you very much. Welcome. Thank you. There you go, Harry West. Harry West, a local guy. Um, he's been on the podcast before. He's currently running a Battle Companies League here in Lincoln. Um, so thank you very much for that, uh, Harry. You did cracking well. I, I, I think th- you might have misspoke um, during the uh, the course of that because I think he I think he might have said he had like fifteen or, or uh, t- he said I'm sure he said too many people uh, in his first war band. Maybe he didn't. But anyway, I've had a look at the uh, army list and it's all checks out. It's fine. He had um, Haldir with uh, elf bow and heavy armor, and he had. Galadrian warrior with banner in there five warriors with bow four warriors with shield uh, four guard of the Galadrian court and a knight uh, and then Rumil had uh, six warriors with shield and six guard of the Galadrian court so he's gone really hard into the fight six um, and clearly it's paid off he's got just about 20 I think it was 27 or 29 models something like that um, yeah so very good very good work um, from Harry West. Um, he's played Lothlorien um, a lot uh, ever since he, he joined the the whimsical, uh, sorry, the, uh, the the slow grow league that I did a while ago, um, and he's he's clearly clearly knows how to use them. Right, just finally, let's speak to tournament organizer Tim uh, about the sort of ethos of the tournament. Let's hand over to myself and Tim. So the dust has settled on the whimsical one day. The hats have been packed away in their boxes. The whimsy is, uh, I suppose, being ebbing, <laughs> ebbing after eight hours of tournament play. But uh, the man in charge of the whimsy and has been sporting a, a fantastic Gandalf hat throughout the day uh, was Tim Elwes, organiser of the tournament. And Tim, you've been on the podcast a few times for various different reasons, but um, you decided to take a foray into tournament organising after the uh, the league, uh, the, the slow grow league that you ran. And what's it been like? Um, the actual event has been much calmer than I thought it was going to be. My voice is going a little bit now because I've been quite loud. Um, but I've probably spent the last week, you know, in, in fits of nervous terror. But, you know, it's always like that, isn't it? You always imagine the worst and actually it never turns out anything like that. It's been it's been great fun. Um, and hopefully everyone who's come has enjoyed it. Certainly no, no fighting has happened. So yeah, there's been no fisticuffs. That's true. What was the ethos behind the event? Uh, so the event is... Uh, a combination of two things that I wanted. One, we don't really have a lot of one-day events over in Lincolnshire, and so I wanted a. We, 
since our slow grow league has been successful i wanted to let the locals have a bit of a chance of something competitive and also get us on the scene for some more events in the gbhl uh, but at the same time i wanted to add something a little bit different to give pe uh, a range of different prizes and some options for folk who maybe didn't want to take something quite as competitive or take a, a slightly different option so what i chose was was faramir mm. um because uh, i've taken him to a lot of competitions and he's awful uh, so i thought well i'm terrible with him i'll give some players the option to bring a list with faramir that can using him will be able to get them a special prize uh, and then we'll see just how well they can rank against competitive players bringing faramir so we had five players bring faramir uh, none of them came first second off. <laughs> none of them graced even close to the top from what i gather uh, which uh, i suppose cements your point but but it was a great element of whimsy um because uh, you know it wasn't just the faramir inclusion it was it was the hats i mean you, you, the, hats. the hats the hats is it, it's 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 an odd one but you call it the whimsical one day and i guess the hats was the whimsy yeah i suppose i suppose so originally i planned it to, to not have any whimsy or mm. any faramir at all the idea was i was going to strip everything out of a tournament and make it very inexpensive so it was accessible to folk not give particularly outstanding prizes and do it mainly for the love of the game mm. but actually i wanted to distinguish it a little bit in some way and i thought you know what let's just give out a few crazy prizes as well and i'll i'll see if focal not wear a fancy dress but you know wear a hat uh, any hat didn't have to be anything particularly exciting and then just by coming with a hat on they'd get put in a prize draw they'd win a prize so <laughs> yeah. really you didn't have to have any skill at all to win a prize today which is which is ideal for people like me which is great and and there were some great hats there was someone with a really long sort of bobble hat that sort of trailed uh, past his shoulders there was uh, Ruth uh, who uh, we spoke to earlier on the podcast she uh, she had like a, a panda hat and, and an Australian hat with the dangling corks uh, there were so many different styles of hats I'm wearing my little flat cap at the moment yeah. i mean exactly i mean we're not talking about the gaming at all we're literally talking about millinery and that is a <laughs> different thing uh, there's going to be some statistical analysis i do wonder if there is a correlation between hat wearing and uh, points scored for example this i suspect i suspect thing. the hat wearers didn't didn't fare as well in the games uh, i wouldn't be able to comment at this <laughs> at this stage i don't want to give too many details away of anything that might end up in a source book <laughs> a legendary legion could be in the offing if not for faramir certainly for hat wearers absolutely well, it's delightful, and um, you know, the, the, you've mentioned the prizes. I, uh, the the Faramir uh, Quality Street Prize is is truly outstanding, and I'm very proud to be the uh, the bearer of this. I mean, I did try quite hard with Faramir because I I've, I've said to you before, I think Faramir is better than you give him credit for. You just put him in armies that aren't particularly great sometimes. So my Faramir survived three games, and he died once, but he also did some killing, which is good. And I've won a Quality Street box. Just tell us more about the box. Oh, right. Uh, so the prize was for showing the qualities of Faramir. Um, so I called the prize Faramir's Quality Street and got a tin of Quality Street sort of customised with uh, Faramir. Uh, I think I couldn't fit Faramir's Quality on, so I fit Faz's Quality Street or in the printing and a, a little card inside with a, a quote from the... Yeah, it's from Sam, I think, who says, uh, you know, you've chosen your quality, sir, or something like that. I mean, these sorts of things you don't get at every tournament. It's fantastic. I've, I've had a great time. It, like you say, one-day event is brilliant, uh, and the boards are all 
uh, or beautiful, some of them provided by uh, the members of the community as well. So, uh, terrific effort. I guess there's going to be another one at some point. I, I hope so, if, you, if your heart can take it, as you said right at the end, because it is stressful. You know, you, you always run through worst-case scenarios, and I literally was going, oh, my God, what, you know, the night before, oh, my God, what if someone trips over and breaks, breaks a leg? I actually woke up last night at 2 in the morning thinking, what am I going to do if someone breaks a leg? Or what am I going to do if someone, like, wanders off or gets, you know in some serious trouble and that that's never going to happen is it no. but re in reality i this is a not so much a stepping stone it was self-contained um but i think probably i will do something else once we get the new 2023 booking form out to book a, an event uh this was great really we we i booked it for 28 people with a couple of sort of late dropouts we had 26 it fit in nice i've I've got a lot of people who've offered to bring terrain, which I've written their names down. So next time I've got like a reservoir of it. And I think everyone pretty much in, enjoyed themselves, really. Well, I certainly did. And, and just finally, because we haven't hinted on it, uh, it also raised money for charity. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, we didn't. Um, you're always trying to cover sort of bases with different things that will appeal to different people. We I had a pool of money. A lot of the prizes, were, well, they weren't particularly expensive prizes. The trophies were 3D printed and I painted them. So I had a pot of money left over at the end. And the idea was whatever we had left over, we'd donate charity. So we've donated, well, I haven't yet, but I will do when I get my PayPal out. We've got £110, which I'm splitting between two, like a local mental health charity and the air ambulance. So... You know, just uh, there you go. A hundred, a hundred and something quid as well, wasn't it, Rose? Which is fantastic. So, well, I, I, I think truly the Faramir may not have shown his quality across the uh, the tabletops today, although mine might, might have done. You've tr shown your quality here. Uh, the the, org the organisation was sp spick and span. Money raised for charity. People wearing hats. I mean, what what more could you ask for? Uh, I could ask for. Uh, the Cadbury's company to have sent me the mascot Fredo to come and do some of the judging <laughs> and despite me having asked them twice they've said that Fredo's unable to do that the first time apparently it was Covid related issues the second time I just don't think they took it seriously at all but uh, shame on them really shame on them they've missed an opportunity to have thousands of listeners uh, uh, well you see I'd be talking to Fredo right now as well so there you go uh, maybe <laughs> next time uh, at a tournament Tim's organising we might even have the Fredo mascot thanks very much talking to me again cheers thank you very much and well done on the prizes thank you there you go tim elwis uh, lovely bloke um he do donated money to charity off the back of this tournament and um, organized great whimsy uh, and i won the, the the fantastic prize the best prize of the tournament the um personalized uh, uh quality street i didn't know you could do this you can buy a tin of quality street uh, if you if you're not from the uk quality streets are chocolate um Tin, a tin of chocolates that you get Christmas time, um, which have all these different types of chocolate in, um, and there's sort of a bit of a tradition here. Um, but it's fantastic, and you can you personalise them. So rather than quality, it's Faramir's quality street, which was fantastic. And inside there was a message from um, Sam saying, you know, you've shown your quality the very highest, sir. And um, I think it's fair to say those tin, uh, that tin, and that little card will be among my most treasured prizes uh, from tournaments um, because it was just brilliant. I really loved it. So uh, there you go. Thank you very much uh, to Tim for organising a cracking tournament. Uh, if there is another one, 
uh, like it, I will absolutely um, love going to uh, that tournament, and I will definitely go to again, whether bigger or smaller. And I think he might, said he might be planning one in uh, Grantham next time, um, because he wants to get somewhere bigger, and Grantham uh, is easy to get to or something uh, for lots of people. So uh, uh, very exciting. Um, I'm looking forward to that, um, and another great tournament. Uh, that's pretty much it for the episode. So um, as I mentioned, next uh, episode will be um, Articon episode. So they'll probably be in the day or so after Articon. Um, which is uh, the week of the sort of 14th, I want to say. Yeah, so the weekend of the 14th. So you might get a podcast on the 15th or the 16th of August. Um, and there might be two that week. So uh, stick around for that. Um, don't forget the Riddle in the Dark. We'll play the clip at the end, as always. Um, and hopefully I'm right about the Warhammer TV Middle Earth preview on the 6th of uh, of August, which I believe will contain the Osgiliath box set uh, with new plastics and all that sort of stuff. So we shall see. I'll eat my hat if I don't get it, and I've been wearing a flat cap for the whole tournament. So I think uh, I think I think certainly my other half certainly thinks that I should get rid of that hat but anyway um so that's everything thanks very much for listening again um if you like the podcast do consider uh being a patron uh, I mentioned Nathan and Darren uh big patron supporters in the podcast and uh, I'm going to be running a Bayon uh, prize draw uh, soon to win a Bayonings um so uh, we'll do that if you're a patron you get in the in for the prize and i've got some little widgets and dice for everyone who joins to be a patron as well um and a few new new people who've just joined uh i forget the names um i think it was i can't remember uh, anyway i've got some addresses that are going to america and all that sort of stuff uh, no matter where you are in the world you'll get a dice and a, a widget so um join join being a patron why not battle games of middle earth on patreon uh thanks very much for listening Boo-ra-rum. 